All right, Red Sox fans, welcome in here. Red Sox beat here, of course, on CNS Radio, brought to you by Casper, online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and entering that promo code, which, of course, is Celtics to get your $50 off. Um, Good show lined up for you this week, um, Easter Sunday episode, if you are actually listening to it uh, the day after. We were recording on Easter here, so happy Easter to all of you. Hope you had a good Easter. Um, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is just Red Sox Beat Podcast on Tumblr. Uh, if you can go on iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe, that'd be huge as well. You might be listening on Stitcher, if so, thank you as well. Um, guys, eight days until opening day uh, next week, next Monday. It's very exciting news. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I've and I remember we talked last week. You said I've had a countdown forever. It's been 152 days since I I started. I started when I was 152 days oh. from opening day. So wow, we're down to single digits. Finally, single digits. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I was watching the um, game against the Phillies this afternoon, and it really hurts to see. That I need, I need regular baseball. That's what I'm going for. I need regular baseball in my life. I'm getting sick of watching spring training games. As little as we have, to have the ability to watch them, I'm done with them. I need real games. I need, I need opening day, regardless if it's home or not. Because I know they're in Cleveland. I need opening day. I need David Price on the mound come opening day in Cleveland. Well, I think they'll be happy to find that that will happen. <laughs> yes, it is going to happen. Unless something horrible happens in the next eight days. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he should be on the bump. Mm-hmm. He's got one more start lined up. Uh, for him this spring, I believe he's going to go, um, I think, well, they, they said later this week, right? I forget what day exactly they said. Um, I think there was one more start lined up for him um, to get a few more innings of work in. But he's go. He's good to go. Should be there for opening day in Cleveland against Terry Francona and the Cleveland Indians uh, on April, what's the actual date, 4th? 4th, yeah. 4th. Um, very exciting news. There is. There has been some spring games, though. Before we get into any of the news that's going on, um, just why don't we just quickly kind of recap what happened this past week in the games? Yeah, better week this week than uh, than most weeks. They improved their record from eight and twelve to twelve and fourteen. So if you can do some quick math here, that'd be a four and two record. So good stuff this week. Uh, let's give you the scores of the games on Monday, twenty first. Sox beat the Cardinals four to three. On Tuesday, got shut out by the Marlins three to nothing. Had a rare off day. It's the first off day of the spring after the split squad game that was in March, March in February. Um, so they had Wednesday off, and then Thursday, good game against the Mets, a four to one victory. They carried the momentum into Friday with the six three win over the Pirates. Then we had a uh, bloodbath of runs on, on Saturday against the Orioles, sixteen to eight loss. Um, a lot of runs given up by Rowanus Elias, which we will definitely get to in the show because it was ugly. And uh, finished that off the week with a 5-1 to one win over the Phillies, as Jared just mentioned. The Phillies today, Sunday, Easter. So a 4-2 and two week wins over the Mets. Uh, sorry, Cardinals. Oh, yeah, Mets too. Mets last week, Mets this week. Cardinals, mm-hmm. Mets, Pirates, and Phillies. 4-2 and two week. We have... Um, Orioles on Monday at 105, Twins on Tuesday at 105, Split Squad against Pirates and Rays at 105 each on Wednesday, Twins on Thursday at 105, nothing on, oh, that was Thursday, Friday, April 1st, April Fool's Day, Blue Jays at Blue Jays, 705, Blue Jays again on Saturday at 105, off day on Sunday, and then it all begins. Maybe they are are playing on April Fool's Day, you never know. <laughs> we will right. not have the game. April Fools. <laughs> yeah, April Fools. We actually have a full game. Right. Opening okay. day is April is April first this year. Actually, guys, just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, so yeah, we're very excited for the season. Of course, start uh, come Monday. So we'll get through this last week of spring training. Um, there has been some news though in the Red Sox world, of course. Um, and the first one I want to start with is in regards to the rotation. Now we've questioned of who would get the fifth spot. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is obviously not going to be ready to go from opening day. We know that by now. So that means we have to sit here and figure out who's going to get that five spot. And right now, it seems it's going to be uh, right. And I think I think I'm okay with that, guys. I think that he's going to be the guy that's consistent enough, and I'm okay with putting a knuckleballer in there as well to give this Red Sox their fifth guy, at least for now. Yeah, yeah. bring back some uh, Wakefield magic. 
We both said yeah at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, some some uh, some Wakefield. Hopefully, Wrights will be as good as Wakefield. Um, but no, again, today one run in five and two thirds innings. He's uh, he's definitely looked good. So I, I think he totally deserves it. Yeah, he absolutely deserves it. And his ERA is two sixty six after today. So it's definitely reassuring to see what he's done all spring, and that because of the injury to Rodriguez that we have somebody to go to. We have a few people clearly that Farrell was thinking about going to. And I do like what Farrell said um, today. He said, let's be realistic. Whoever gets that job, it's just a temporary thing. So it's nice that I like that he came out and saw that because I think people kind of freaked out with the injury to, to Erod. So um, I think he'll be fine, but I'm really excited to see what Wright can do if he gets the, the fifth spot, because he's done so well this spring. See, would John Farrell even said that last year? Like, I feel like that's something, a big yeah, step for not. him. That's a big step for him to come, I'm, come forward and say, let's be honest here, guys. It's, it's, just, it's just a stepping stone. It's, it's, so, it's temporary. Like, he wouldn't have said that last year. It would have yeah, been not, not in those words, yeah. No, it would have been, you know, he's been working hard. He deserves that shot with it, with Erod kind of uh, battling his injury. It's, it's a shot for some other guys to step up, and it looks like he's in rights doing that. That's what we would have got last year. It's kind of fitting for Wright, too. It's kind of funny because his entire career has basically been, like, temporary. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. He'll pitch maybe here occasionally this one or two times, maybe every other week or so. So yeah. it's, this is kind of what his career has been. But good for him. He, he's a hard worker. Once again, like Wayfield in that way, he just does what he does. He just pitches whatever level they put him at. He pitches. He does his best and does what people say. And he'll do that again. As a result, he'll, he should start to start the season, and we'll see how he does. Maybe he'll pull a Travis Shaw and make it hard to bring Erod back. <laughs> no, it's called someone else gets bumped out. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, I, there's no way he, they're going to not put Erod in the rotation because of his promise and his future and his status kind of as a rook, as a young gun here. Um, I expect if anyone gets bumped, if that ever did happen, it would be like Joe Kelly or something. It would not be uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. I highly doubt they'd go. To, would you? Th- okay, let's put it to you guys. Do you think that would happen? If he, say say Wright comes out, Stephen Wright comes out and pitches so well that he deserves to stay in the rotation, they choose to do that. Who would they? Who who do you think would come out? Who's got the worst record at the time when Erod comes back? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. To be announced, uh, cop out answers. See what happens. Well, I mean, I think that and I would think if everyone's pitching well and Wright's pitching well, maybe they could just make up an excuse for maybe a little more rehab time for. Rodriguez maybe give True. him a couple more weeks. That yeah. I can see happening. Yeah. Yeah. They, could, they could always go the route of the, the lovely six-man rotation. We <laughs> oh, talked to that before last year, right? I know. Yeah, that's because they, no, they didn't have any like good pitchers. They have right now. They have price now. So, like... Oh, the price is right. <laughs> price. Oh, <laughs> Lord. That's great. That's so awesome. From one I mean, to five, the price is right. The price is right, one to five. They're, they're going to have T-shirts of that. No, God, they're going to have T-shirts of that. Clay walks in with that T-shirt. Price is right, one to five. Oh, you're doing it again, Clay. More T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> he'd, get, he'd get crapped on so hard if he made more T-shirts. Yeah, that'd be great. So, but see, for me, I still this rotation, I think this rotation is the biggest hole on this team. I really do, because there's just so many question marks. Without, except for Price, there's so many question marks that to have Wright be the guy, you never know what that's going to give you, but... Why would they give it to right over, say, Henry Owens? Why is Henry Owens not a potential? Because he's like garbage. Yeah, terrible <laughs> thing. I mean, I was definitely surprised to see to see his name, but at the same time, when you you read his stats, you look at his stat line for spring, and it's just horrible. This is not the Henry Owens we had last year, and you know he's still young and he's still figuring out his stuff. So I think Triple A is a really good spot for him, but maybe if he stops pitching on garbage, he can come back up. Do you think it had anything to do with him feeling the pressure of maybe having a shot to get that rotation this year? I'm sure it was in the back of his mind. Yeah. Because for me, if you're a young kid in that situation, it kind of shows a lot if you of what you do. I know he's young, and you're both going to crap me for saying this, but it shows a lot of who you are for pitching like that in that kind of situation when you have a chance to step up and take a spot at that age. Why would you yeah. crap me for that? What? Well, did you say we were gonna like crap on you for that answer? Yeah, because I'm because I, I, he's young and I shouldn't be all over him. He's gonna develop and be fine. That's what I've expected to get out of both of you. <laughs> no, you're right though because if <laughs> it is kind of like what you what you show, you want to have a go getter and go out there and get a like say someone like Erod. You want 
them to want that spot, to be locked into that spot, and he never was locked in that spot. He fished well last year, but now it's like, uh, control issues, and maybe not as good as he seemed to be last year. Maybe that was a little bit of luck with people not being familiar with him, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I do agree. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a situation where this may, this may be foreshadowing for what his career may end up especially, being. Especially with Rodriguez going down, you have it. You had the, the fifth spot, like, God, like it was yours, and you let Stephen Wright out pitch you, and now Stephen Wright's going to get the chance to do that, um, and you're going to Pawtucket and, and enjoy the nice bus rides that is AAA baseball. Yeah, I mean, Erod, Erod went down. He opened up the door for Owens, and he didn't, he didn't step through. So, no, he closed it. He yeah. closed it very quickly. I'll close uh-huh. that one. And I'll turn around. Head back yeah, to AAA. <laughs> yeah, right. Climb, climb in the coach bus and go back to AAA. That's what happened. That's what's going to happen, and who knows how long Henry Owens will be down there. Um, another until he gets hurt. That's true. Come on. <laughs> so he'll be down there to the All Star break. So he'll be down there till the All Star break, and then he'll come up for the second half of the season. You couldn't even wait fifteen minutes into the show. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry, but I, mean, I don't want him to get hurt. But it's just it's an easy go to. It really is. When you need some, when you need someone to get hurt, just blame it on Clay Buckle. He'll get hurt. He'll figure, he'll figure out a way. Just a gone silent. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Wait and uh, see, darn it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, another um, situation we got going on here is um, the catcher situation. We've talked about it over and over again. Ample situations we've had to talk about it. Um, over the season, they, they re-signed Hannigan. We weren't sure why. That put a light on what was going on with Vasquez. Now, the Red Sox have officially announced that he's not going to be ready. Christian Vasquez, that is, for opening day. Um and I'm not really shocked by that news, guys, but it's kind of unfortunate because I, I would have liked to see him be ready. But I'm not shocked. I think they're going to take the easy approach with him and make sure he's 100% not to rush him back because if he's going to be their long-term solution, they don't want to ruin the shoulder if it's not 100% yet. They don't want to make sure, they don't want to ruin that guy too soon. So for me, it, lo- it looks like Blake Swihart's going to be your opening day catcher. Which I'm fine with. I mean, I think we all expected Vasquez not to be ready for opening day. And even though he said he wanted to be ready, um, he just needs to come back as slowly as possible from Tommy John surgery. And I'm, I love Swihart. I love Hannigan. I love that we have a plethora of catchers that are good catchers that we have this issue of when Vasquez comes back, what are we going to do with these guys? So, um, I'm not surprised, but I think Swihart, you know, I think we know what we're going to get from him as from last year and, I think kind of going back to what you said about Henry Owens and kind of not like stepping up to that role when he's put in that position, Blake Swihart was put in a position to be a starter when he probably wasn't even going to see a lot of action last year, but they're like, Nope, sorry, you're going to start because Vasquez goes down and then Hannigan breaks his hand. So it's like, cool. Um, I'm, I'm had no choice. <laughs> yeah, had, no, had no choice. And he really stepped oh, up. And, yeah. And he's done great this spring. So I'm excited for him. Show me the Swihart. Yeah, you're so right. Between you're gonna, hey, you're gonna be Triple A. Hey, by the way, now you're starting. Hey, you're starting next year too. Like it's like whoa, <laughs> <laughs> Just jumping off a, jumping off here and, and get, taking it all, which is good because it's good to have him. But yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that Vasquez isn't starting here. I mean, Pete Abraham told us a month ago that he wasn't gonna be starting here on opening day, and pretty much everyone was in agreement with that except for Vasquez and. Clearly, clearly, he doesn't make the decisions because he's a player, not a coach, so and yep. not management. So, it was pretty much determined that was going to happen, and it's smart. I mean, they this not a lot of players get Tommy John besides pitchers, so they're extra careful with it. And like in an article that Dan Shaughnessy wrote today, he said that you know Matt Weeders got what got Tommy John surgery for Baltimore, and he came back too soon, and he just really hasn't been that good since it happened. So you could mess up your entire career potentially if you're a catcher with an arm that you throw with that you're getting the surgery on it. You got to be careful with it. And there's no zero point in risking it, and the fact that we do have two capable catchers makes it even easier to not risk it. And what they've done with Swihart too, they really like expedited his um, his growth and his kind of progression through. He they skipped basically an entire full season of him in Pawtucket, and now it would hurt him to go back. I don't think you could ever put him back in Pawtucket now unless he really, really started to play poorly, because I think that's a step back in his progression as a major league ball player. Yeah, I, I agree. At this point, playing a half a season and being named the starter already, if 
even if he struggles, I don't see him getting put back in Triple H because at this point it's it is pretty much committed to him and said you're our catcher and you're going to be on the team no matter what. So I don't, I don't think they really have a choice at this point. So if Vasquez comes back and um, is good eventually and is 100 percent and becomes a catcher on this team, if not the starter catcher, starting catcher. Do they try to figure out a way to have three catchers in the lineup on the roster, or does is Hannigan kind of here until further notice? Hmm. I don't know. That's I mean, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but when it comes to decision time, I guess. What's Dave Dombrowski thinking up there? What's he really want to do with Hannigan come that time? I mean, I guess it comes down to how how the, how he's playing, and I hate playing that card, but I mean, who knows? But- what's going to happen in regular season. But does, does Dombrowski really want three catchers on his roster? It, for the first bit of Vasquez being back, yeah, probably. Okay, but go for the argument of Vasquez is good. They went through all their checks. They did everything. He's fine. And he's good to go. What do they do with Hannigan? I'd prefer they keep him and find a different place for, Vaz- for Swihart to play three or four days a week and learn a new position. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with that, and I think I think we kind of had this discussion on a previous show what, what they would do with Swihart or Hannigan when Vasquez comes back. I would like to see Swihart play different position only because that means my guy Christian Vasquez gets the slot as a starting catcher, which I do still believe he should be. I think he's just more of a catcher in this league than Swihart is, but I will say it is hard to turn turn away from the offensive swag that Swihart does have, um, and just the ability to hit both sides and kind of go either way with the ball as well. I, I think they both have intangibles. I just think that for what you need in this lineup and what you need as for your rotation, especially because your rotation is lacking, you need a guy like Vasquez who knows how to call a game like nobody else, um, and just knows how to defensively catch the position, and that, that's kind of think I think that's more of what the Red Sox need right now than Swihart's offensive abilities. Yeah, and and Swihart seems to be a pretty versatile guy. He seems to learn quickly. He seems to be willing to do whatever the team needs, and if that means switching positions, I think he'd be more than happy to do it. I don't think that he from what I've seen from him and seeing him talk and stuff, it doesn't really seem like he's necessarily like gung ho. Like I'm a catcher. Like I think he's probably willing to do whatever they need. And he's, look at him, though. He, like, you can realize, too, he's not built like a catcher. We all sit here and talk about it all the time, like, oh, he's not your typical catcher. He's not built like a catcher. He's so quick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's quick. He's not big, built like Vasquez. He's a catcher. Like, right. And that's all he probably can do. Maybe play first base down the line. But, like, that's a typical catcher. Swihart is not. So, like, you can he can say he's a catcher. We can sit here and put him as a catcher. But, Overall, he could go learn the infield. He could go learn first base. He could probably play the outfield. He's so athletic. Like, he's not your typical catcher by any means. No, he's not. I I think that... I, I could even see the guy playing outfield. I don't know if he necessarily would, but I think he's quick enough and knowledgeable enough about baseball that I wouldn't even be surprised if he ended up there someday. Maybe not this year. Maybe it's not going to be necessary, but I could even see that happening. I can see that happening too, but my God, how weird would that look? It'd be yeah. so weird. Get Hanley left one ear, get Swihart and right another ear. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's going on? <laughs> I don't think he's fast enough for center, but I can see him left or right. Yeah, I can too. I, I'd I say he, he'd be okay for left field. He'd be okay for left field at Fenway. Yeah, he just like stands a little bit away from the wall, fields him off the wall, gets the right positioning, and once you can do that, you can pretty much play left field. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Unless you're Hanley Ramirez. Not Hanley, just, yeah. <laughs> but you just can't figure it out and you're just done. It's because he didn't try. He didn't want to. He didn't want to be good at it because he didn't want to play there. Swire would be a totally different story because he'd be dedicated to whatever because he's not over 30 years old and set in his ways. and <laughs> he, yeah. he's, mold, he's more moldable. That's right. I'm going to say I think Hanley also knew that he had a spot to play somewhere else if he didn't pan out in left field, and he knew that. So he didn't try hard because he knew he didn't want to be there, and he, nope. they knew that he knew they would move him if it didn't work out. So, um, Absolutely. And he had all the leverage in the world in that one. Um, and then he couldn't stay on the field because of his shoulder. So that didn't help either for any means. Yeah, there's a reason he didn't practice or care. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He was um, nowhere near that grass. One thing that I'm intrigued with, um, and this happened last year too, and we're sitting here talking about kind of situations of who's going to pan out, who's going to play well. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. is playing well again this spring. 
And this happened last spring. We all got blinded, and then he went back to being himself come the season. Um, can he do what he did last August and what he's doing now in the spring the whole season? Is he going to be an issue out there, or is he going to be someone that we can actually finally count on to be a consistent big league player? I mean, I think he's finally trying or finally finding his groove as a player, and I know we've seen him struggle, and we've seen him just destroy the majors and then come up here and not be able to find his swing, but then it's he can find it perfectly. And I think I think as he gets older and he's young, so he's he's finding his way, and I think this spring is going to say a lot about him and has said a lot about him. And I think the first few weeks of the season are going to say a lot too, but I think it's, um, I think it's finally setting in for him. Like this is, this is how you, how you play baseball. And I read a fun stat today um, out of, I think it was the Herald that says he, Jackie Bradley Jr. Swing at a three and O count for the first time in his career. And he hit a home run. So I thought that was, that was, (laughs) I was like, Oh, that's awesome. That was on a on Saturday. He hit the home run. In forty at bats this spring, he has fifteen hits, hitting three seventy five with three homers and seven RBIs. OPS is over a thousand. Those numbers are ridiculously. Obviously, we know he can't keep that up over. This, we're not stupid. He know we know he can't do that over the season. But can this guy consistently hit two sixty? Um, 250, 260, and then keep his defense solid. If you can do that for me, Jackie Bradley Jr., and we've talked about this at length with you, if you can do that, I think you're going to be fine and you're going to have a spot in this roster. And the guys are so hard to figure out. It's like, you hit 100, you hit 400. Like, he's on a tear. He's terrible. You know, now he's on a tear again. He's doing exactly like I like I uh, mentioned. He's, <laughs> he's doing exactly what he did last <laughs> August. He's unconscious. They can't get him out. He's hitting home runs. He's hitting 400. The guy's going nuts. So what's he going to do the next two months? Hit 50? Like, what What can you expect from this guy? He's so he's so all over the place. And obviously, I absolutely love when he hits 400 in a month. That's fantastic. I can't get enough of that. But I'd much prefer him to hit 295 or 300 every month than hit 480 one month and 100 the next. Yeah, even if he hits 250 every month. Just something consistent enough please. Yeah, I, that we know what we're going to get, and then you can play your defense, and we'll, we'll all be happy. The the 400 is not worth getting the 150 for three other months. It's just, no, it's just no not. not at all. <laughs> it's just, and like, don't get me wrong, we all love it when he does that, but then what does that do for your team when you're hitting 100 the other months? You know, like As much as I'd love to see him hit 400, you're right, Jess, it's not going to work out long-term because then you're going to hurt your team in the months you're hitting 100 or 120 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, team record. You're You're like, you finish like... 18 and 8 one month, and then you finish like 10 and 18 the next month, and it's like, well, that's not, that's about 500. I'd, like, I'd prefer to be, you know, 7 to 8 games over 500 every month with you hitting well every month instead of just back and forth. That's just, that's not good for the team. It's not good for him to be so streaky. He, you know, he needs, baseball is a consistent sport, and he needs to be consistent to feel like he's not on the hot seat 24-7 because when you're hitting 450 and then 100, you're still on the hot seat because people are still wondering why the heck can you hit 450 one month and then 100 the next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it just hurts the team. It hurts everything about the team. And it's just it's not a good look for you, especially as a guy who's trying to prove himself as a major league player, to do that and not to be able to stay consistent. So it's definitely a bad look for him. And I think long-term he's got to figure this out or he's not going to be out there. That's why they brought in um, Chris Young for a reason. He's a backup in case this, in case he doesn't pan out. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, he's got to figure it out. And he's had a couple of years now and I think it's definitely the time. And I love the guy. I really enjoy watching him play, but you just can't put up with a hundred batting averages for some months. Just no, <laughs> I think, um, I think a, a lot of people this season, too, player-wise, are going to be on a short leash just because Farrell knows he's on a short leash and his job is on the line. So I think that's going to transfer over to a lot of players from last season, like Jackie Bradley or even Christian Vasquez when he comes back kind of thing. Like He's not going to have the patience that he did last year just because somebody's a, a likable player. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I think that this is a big year for John Farrell in terms of being a manager that will stay consistent and kind of change his ways. He's already, we've already noticed it for what he said and what he's been doing um, in these press conferences just this spring. 
he's been kind of more honest. He's been open about everything, and I think that's going to translate. I hope, I hope to God that that translates to him managing this this regular season. Because if that if that doesn't happen, then who knows what this team will be like. I wanted to add one more thing that um, goes in perfectly with both those things. Uh, just one more reason why it's good that Vasquez isn't starting the season. If he starts the season here and he's not 100% ready and he's not being able to throw anybody out at second base and teams are scoring way more runs because of it and we start out crappy because of that, then that just puts Farrell in a worse situation and puts Vasquez in a worse situation. So that's another kind of way to avoid having a bad start to the season, which is obviously what everyone wants to avoid because that's why we've been so bad the last two years. Yeah, just stay afloat through, like, May, and then get everyone healthy, get everyone back, and then make that push through the, through the summer instead of making the baseball season stop in May. Right. Let's start in May. And that's starting with not playing guys who shouldn't be playing yet. So I think that's a great decision. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm completely cool with it, and if John Farrell keeps up these nicer, these smarter decisions, I, I'm not going to change my, my um, overall picture of him, but I will be a little nicer. And I'll be a little more okay with things he does. But he's got to prove it kind of once the season starts. He can say all he wants during spring training when nothing matters and stuff like that. But he's got to prove it when it matters in the regular season. Because Lauren knows it's only eight days away. So we gotta keep, we got we to gotta be on top of that. And he's got to be on top of his managerial thing for me to actually believe him throughout the entire season. Which is what we've been lacking, obviously, the last couple of years. Um, other stuff, though, Red Sox kind of related. David Ortiz reacted to the bat flip stuff. And... His reaction was kind of just more or less of, you guys don't get it. It shouldn't. It shouldn't affect you guys. That kind of thing. It's not like everyone's doing it. Like, basically, he nicely said, "F off." Like he 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 said, "Don't just ignore it. Whatever. Who cares?" Like both of you. What what do you guys think of his reaction to the bat flip situation? I think this has gotten way out of hand. But anyway, he did react. Of course, David Ortiz reacted to it. Just kind of what do you think he meant? Kind of by his reactions. I think that's just that's David Ortiz. I, I mean, of course, he's gonna come out in his own semi-profanity-laced rant, and you know, I I don't expect anything less from him. I love it, and um, I think you know, obviously, we talked about what Goose Gossage had to say, and how it was just like he just needs to relax and chill out. And um, one part that Ortiz said that I really liked, he said, "This ain't no old school." This is what's in today's day. You pull yourself together and get people out, or you pull, or you pull yourself together and go home. That's what it is. And it's, I mean, you just, it's fun. It's fun watching these people, the backflips, and of course it goes back to the Bautista thing. Um, it's just, of course you're gonna react like in a in a fun way. And I think it's just, it it is getting a little out of hand at this point, just because. That's how players express themselves in baseball when something exciting or something like fun happens and a game changing moment. It's it's so stupid. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's David Ortiz is a bat flip king. Why the heck wouldn't he respond to this? This is, <laughs> this is his category. This is forte. That's true. He lives for. He's he's king bat. I mean, Chris Archer, David Price, freaked out. And him for bat flips. Chris Archer, same thing. They, they couldn't stand this bat flips. He's showing off. He's showing up the game. He thinks he's bigger than the game. Well, first of all, he is bigger than the game. Second of all, they got a, they got their pants in a bunch about it. So, I mean, if, if, I, I would have been surprised if he didn't respond to this because this this is his thing. <laughs> I was a little surprised at how much he said because, holy crap, if you read the quotes, he's like, like five, six lines of quotes like six times in the article. Like he, he said a lot of stuff on this. Very passionate about it. If you need a way to press David Ortiz's buttons, this might be it. Yeah, yeah. Just the if you don't, if you don't attack his city, of course, and we all discover what happens when you do that. <laughs> but other than that, and that's a big other than, this might be the easiest way to kind of attack David Ortiz and, and push his buttons, go after what he does best. Yeah, this is this is his job. He hits home runs and he flips his bat if he feels the, if he feels the necessary need to. And I, one of the quotes, obviously we're not going to read them all because he said a lot of stuff, but one thing was he said, quote, when a power hitter does a bat flip, you don't hurt nobody. If I hit a homer, did a bat flip, threw it in the stands, break a couple people's heads, I understand, but that's not what it is. And he's right. It's not what it is. You're not harming anybody. You know, it's just, they're just playing the game, his emotions. I don't care if a pitcher strikes a guy out and runs off runs off the mound, pumping his fist and pointing at his teammates. And like, yeah, that's great. Cool. Emotion in the game. Bat flip, same thing. 
you get excited running around the bases. I mean, who cares? They're playing baseball. We want them to do well. We're watching them do well. If they're getting emotional and pumping their fists and jumping up and down, something good probably happens, so just enjoy it. Who cares? Like, why do people care and talk about this stuff? It doesn't matter. Just let them enjoy the game. And that's what David Ortiz is all about. He's all about, you know, just doing his job, doing the best he can, enjoying himself. Who can blame him? Yeah, no, you can't blame him at all for what he's what he said, what he's thinking about this, because it's it's part of the game now, and I think we kind of went with purists who think it's not right, and there's people nowadays who think it is right. Obviously, I think we all, in the sense of, we know that bat flips are awesome. We love them. It's emotional. It's not like everyone's doing it every home run. Um, these rookies from AAA aren't coming up on their first home runs and flipping the bat insanely high. Like, it, 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 you earn the right to do it, and when you earn that right, you shouldn't get yelled at when you do it in the height of emotion. And his reaction was perfect. Obviously, Jesse, like you said, he did go on about it, like, a lot. Like, he just, just kept going and going and going. And it was great. It, 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 makes good, it makes good media sense. It makes good imagery for David Ortiz because, look, he's starting his last season, so he's not going to filter himself even more less than he already does. Like, he's going to be even more David Ortiz this year than he ever was, which is going to be fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. But you're going to see a lot of stuff come out of his mouth that a lot of people, even more, are going to disagree with this year because who cares after this year? He's, no one's going to come after him after this year. So he's going to say everything he feels this year. Yeah, and I i mean, I think he's always said something that he's felt. He's never really held back. And I think that's what makes Ortiz such a such a fun player and like just said he's the king of bat flips so it's like i can't wait to see his bat flip this season his like first home run this season i feel i want him to do one like an epic one just because it's like all right i'm, I'm back let's go like in rub Cleveland, it rub it in goose's face let's go yeah bring it on goose like, uh man goss gossage that guy Gosh, Gosh. um goose gossage um but yeah, so look, I love the way David reacted here. I love, I love it. I'm not shocked by it. We've we've seen it forever now. Um, and just kind of stay David Ortiz related for a second here because, um, of course, the Red Sox are doing this. And, it, and this is what I hate about the Boston Red Sox so much. They're, they're having a 30 minute ceremony at JetBlue Park for him um, to, cere- to to celebrate his last time being at spring training. 30 minutes, what are they possibly going to do for him for 30 minutes at a spring training game in Fort Myers? I don't know, but I kind of I like it because if there's people who can't, I hate it so much. who can't make it to Fenway or they can't, you know, for whatever reason, if they can't watch a lot of games outside of spring training, I think that's great for them. And, you know, it's it's fun. I love it. I'm excited. I, I'm going to watch it. So, bite oh, Jared. Like, God. God, <laughs> it's so bad. Why do you need to do this in spring training? Like, I get that this last year. I get you want everyone to be a part of it. But, like, come on. You're planning a half hour, like, around David Ortiz in the spring training. What do you – I understand, like, ten minutes. Cool. Do something for ten minutes. Let him give a speech to the people in Florida. Whatever. I get that. But, like, a half hour of a, of a Red Sox ceremony, God knows who's coming back for this. Like, they're going to bring all the old-timers to Florida for spring training ceremony because that's what they do. They don't, I guarantee you there will be at least three old-timers at that ceremony because that's, that's how they do ceremonies. And it's going to be a half hour of nothing. Well, as we can expect, I'm with Lauren. I love it. Of course you are. I mean, why not? Who cares? I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, they're going to they're gonna celebrate him. He's been in the league for... 20 years, he's a lot of spring trainings, always getting there and busting his butt, get ready for the season. It's awesome. Why not celebrate it? And like Lauren said, people who can't make it to Fenway, you live in Florida, cool. You can go there and enjoy the ceremony. They can do as many ceremonies as they want as far as I'm concerned. I'm totally cool with it, and uh, I think it'll be fun, and he deserves it. You're not going to do this for everybody. This guy's a this guy is one, one in a few that this is going to happen to. They're not going to do this for many guys. It's not like Manny Ramirez got a retirement tour because well first of all he wasn't retiring but second of all <laughs> second of all yeah. they wouldn't have done that anyway because he he's not david ortiz like ortiz has been here no. for 13 14 years and won three championships like you don't get those kinds of players so if you have one why not enjoy it were you guys all, were you guys i can't remember and this is an honest question because i can't remember were you guys both for the like the whole idea of him getting a basically a parade the entire season yeah, sure. Why not? 
Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I can't remember like exactly what I said, but I don't see a problem with it. Um, because it's not like every player who retires is going to ask for this. I mean, it's of course he's going to get it because he's so recognized and he's the best DH of all time. So he he deserves he deserves his his party and his going away tour. So yeah, I mean it's it's the best players in the game. Rivera, Jeter, like the guys who have an incredible impact on their team and an incredible impact on the league, which they do. Everyone knows who Mariano Rivera is. Everyone knows who Derek Jeter is. Everyone knows who David Ortiz is. Unless they live under a rock, in which I can't really help them because I don't live under a rock, and <laughs> it's a sad existence living under a rock. But. Regardless, Patrick Starr. <laughs> regardless of living under a rock, these players don't come around that much, and might as well celebrate them when they do. And I don't think anybody has a problem, unless you're just like as cynical as can be. Like, just enjoy the player for who they were. You know, it's it's sad that they're leaving, so let's celebrate what they've done for the game of baseball and or basketball, or any other sport that you do that in, and you move on afterwards. And it's, it's not like it's harming anybody. I've just been so accustomed to hating the Red Sox for their like overblown ceremonies. Like like most of them are a waste of time to me. Um so for me, seeing them plan one in spring training is just a bit ridiculous. And I understand where you both are coming from, I really do, because I've watched him and most Yankee fans probably wish he didn't exist or wish they didn't know who he was. But he did and he did a lot for this team and I get that. But like to me, let it all happen in the regular season. Go rub it in people's faces and, other, and let them give people giving him on the road and rub it in people's faces when you're at home. I get that. But this is spring training. It's not like he played... majority of his time here wasn't actually at JetBlue Park anyway. And I, I know it doesn't mean anything, but it shouldn't be this big of a deal now. And he, he himself said, yeah, he, he doesn't want it to be a distraction. He doesn't think it's going to be a distraction. You're throwing the distraction in his face. Like... You're throwing a retirement ceremony for him before the season has even started. But why is that a distraction, though? I mean, it's just a celebration. You move on. What, who is it distracting? Him. It's going to be distracting. No, he's David Ortiz. He can do any, you could throw him an eight-hour party. He'll still go out and hit a couple of home <laughs> runs afterwards. <sighs> yeah, he does. Don't, don't, don't boost him up too much. Then he won't hit a couple of eight under. He won't hit a couple of dingers. Eh, knowing him, he probably still would. Ugh. He does have 503 home runs. I mean, come on. He does. You're right. <laughs> But to to me, okay, I just you, you guys know how much I hate ownership. You do. I've broadcast that across the world. But like, this is ridiculous, and this I think this is probably the one of the worst things they've ever done. And I, I hate to put it out there that much, but I think that for me, this is something that's kind of ridiculous. It's ridiculous to have. When was the last time anyone had a ceremony in spring training? Anyone ever? When was the last time someone like David Ortiz came around? A lot, plenty of times. Well, I don't think a lot of players all in Red Sox Hall history have uh, three World Series championships. Okay, but there's a lot of people in the Hall of Fame who didn't get this. Yeah, well, My point is this team is, overblow- is overblown with their stupid ceremonies, and they need to stop. Like, well, they need to stop. If you're as good at ceremonies as they are, I would do them a lot. Oh, they're, so, they're so bad at ceremonies. They're so what? bad at them. What? Huh? I hate all of their, I hate all of their ceremonies so up. much. So, you hate ceremonies. <laughs> so, you didn't like the whole David Ortiz... 500 celebration at Fenway? No. You're, oh, God, you're like a old grandpa. <laughs> no, because my grandmother loved that ceremony. <laughs> Alright, I'll have to say to that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like it. No, it wasn't a fan. So you don't, I mean... Do you enjoy life? I just, yeah, like, who are you? <laughs> it's just, their ceremonies are just so, like, cookie-cutter to me. Well, They're even, just, like, the opening day ceremonies when they announce the rosters. You don't like that or anything? Like... That only the only reason why I like that is just because it's like new season. Like uh, the ceremony's kind of cut and dry. Yeah, but it's funny they're celebrating a new achievement or a new milestone. They're not just be like, "Yay, we we signed this player, so we're gonna have a ceremony." Like, no, no, like there it's a ceremony for a reason. Screw with the ceremonies. There's like two of your people that love ceremonies more than anything, especially you, Lauren. You're like ceremony queen. I love them too. You, you love me more. Like Jared, you picked the wrong people to argue with. <laughs> you know, you Jess, you know she's ceremony queen. She's counting down. The opening day from God knows yeah. when. You know she likes her stuff. You upset her like this? Yeah, and I brought tickets okay. to uh, to Wade Boggs's. Uh, oh my God! That was the first thing I thought of when he said he didn't like ceremony. Yeah. I wanted my buy tickets for that, and then well, I just lucked into the tickets last year for David Ortiz's uh, ceremony. But why? Like they're fun. It gives like there's such a fun atmosphere around the park. Then after, and it's just 
It gives you like a feel good feeling. Maybe you just don't have feelings. I don't know. But. <laughs> I do have. Wow. Yeah, shot. Yeah. Shot's fired. Shot, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there too. And, and Lauren, you might actually come after me for this one. Oh boy. You guys know I was at the Pedro ceremony last year. I, I can't believe that, you. How could you that 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 say this? They, those tickets, I was, I already had them. I wouldn't have gone out of my way to go to that ceremony. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Who are you? Yeah, I mean, I know tickets are typically more expensive, but I mean, a game's a game, and then when there's a ceremony, it, it gives you like if you're going to the game, it gives you a little more to look forward to, and then like for the Ortiz ceremony, I got to see Veritag, Pedro, we get to see like old players from '07, '04, and it's just it's fun, and it's just you're so happy. I mean, maybe like I said, maybe you don't have feelings, like maybe you weren't happy, but like. I don't know. I think it's, but see, the thing is, though, I think it's just the way the Red Sox do them. Because for me, I can't tell you how excited I am for when they retire Pierce's number here in Boston. I'm going to be at that game and I'm going to find a way in. Mr. X so like, ceremonies? Yeah, so like my point is, I think it's just the way the Red Sox do them. I can't stand their ceremonies. That's the kind of sense to me. They're like known to be, have like the best ceremonies of anyone. And they're just terrible. Right, they're Lauren? So am I off base? You are not off base, Jerry. Are they like known for that? Yeah. They're, they're awful. No. They care too much about their ceremony, and they don't care about the team. Yep, yep, they, yep. they care about them because they're so good at them. If you were the I best guess. at ceremonies, you'd care about them too. That's why I don't want that tarp- ceremony. I, I don't want that title. Good. God, we don't want you that title either. It. Lauren can have it. Yes, good. I don't. She's want ceremony more than you. I don't want that title. We're, I'm not going to keep talking about this because <laughs> we're going to we're going we're gonna, uh, you're going to keep yelling at me for the next like, three hours. It's awful. Oh, their good. ceremonies are terrible. They're hard to watch. I'm going to get a lot of crap for that, I know, but they're hard to watch. Good. Every um, ceremony that happens this season, we're going to have a nice long chat about them. It's going to be awful. <laughs> it's, going to, I, it's okay. I'll it's just make great. sure. I, I'll edit it all out. It'll be like a two-second show. The show after um, May 26th, we're going to have a fantastic chat about that ceremony. I can't wait uh, I'm going to be there. I'll make, sure I'm, I'll make sure I'm somewhere else. You guys can do the show. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let, let's that. move on. Let's move on. Um, the Red Sox are not ruling out Pablo Sandoval, and for opening day, mind you, he's already still hurt. Look, he's he's a fat guy. He's got a back problem. Shocker there. He's supposed to play this week. He's potentially going to be ready for opening day. Does he play opening day? Hopefully not. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't think so. Just by the way, Farrell's very careful about what he's saying. Just, you know, I'm not ruling anything out, blah, blah, blah. I think that's almost for the sake of sparing Sandoval's feelings, and it's going to be a, di- a last, like the very last minute decision. It's going to be like when that, when they need the rosters, it's going to be, all right, who's your third baseman? And he's going to have to decide right then. And I, it, how can you not go with Shaw right now? Uh, money doesn't talk right now because Shaw's just on another planet. See, part of me. I mean, I agree with you. I want that to happen. But part of me just feels like Pablo's still going to get the nod if he's healthy. And I think that Pablo's going to get the nod at third base come next week in Cleveland. I think it's going to happen. I really do. And is that the wrong choice? Yes. I think Travis Shaw has earned at least the right to start the season as the third baseman. Is he going to keep it? Probably not. Would he keep it? No. But I think he earned the right to at least be the starter. And this is another one of those checkpoints we've talked about with John Farrell for me. It's okay. You've said some good things in spring training. You're getting a little better. What do you do when the time really matters, when it starts? When Okay, it's spring training. You can give Pablo an injury and not let him play and give Travis Shaw the time. But when it really matters, what are you actually going to do? I do want to throw one note in, uh, and it's a sad note. I don't even want to mention it, but Travis Shaw is 0 for 9 since Sandoval went out. Maybe he needs that fat belly behind him <laughs> to uh, push him a little harder. <laughs> I don't want to nudge him in up. the right direction. To nudge him in the right direction. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to negatively speak about Mr. Shaw, but he has not gotten hit since then. But we can hope that's an aberration and that he starts and hits everything. You can negatively talk about Travis Shaw. Come on now, he's not God's gift to the world. He's Travis Shaw. That's my boy. Can't make fun of him. Make fun of him. I'm not making fun of him. I don't know. Why I said that. We're not making fun of him. <laughs> you're just telling. You're saying a fact. Jeff. I am. Saying, I know it's true. I'll, I'll be okay with it. But I hope he. I hope he snaps out of it because I like to see some nice Travis Shaw. I do, too. Like, I really do, because I think that he's long-term. I think he's a better solution. I think he is your solution long-term. But 
I still, I just, part of me just believes that Sandoval is going to be there at third base come opening day because somehow, some way, he's going to find his way into the lineup. And, and that's not good for this team, I don't think. I think that he need, they need to make sure he's healthy and get Sandoval some more reps in the cage and make sure he swings right and, and his gut's not going to get in the way before you put him out there. Well, maybe Big Panda will uh, play the first game and then that will satisfy everyone in the shock and play after that. <laughs> play one game and done. Just split it up. Yeah. Pablo plays one, Shaw play two. Then Shaw's playing two-thirds of the game, and everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. I'm cool with that. That's fine with me. Well, Until at least Sandoval s- snaps out of it. Everyone's happy except maybe the Sandoval fans, if there's any. <laughs> yeah, I'm still partially one, but he's he's just not playing well, and he's got to figure his life out um, before he can kind of get back on my good graces. I think he might still be the answer this year. Um but you, you, he's got to get more consistent at the plate. He's got to be more comfortable playing defense. He lost a lot coming over here from San Francisco. I think, obviously, I think we can all look at that and say that was a bad decision on his part. Um, but I think that he needs to regain the confidence he had in San Francisco when he was helping them win championships and, and kind of the success he had there. So uh, we'll kind of see where that goes. But I'm just a treat because they're saying he might be ready, but I, I don't believe it. I don't, I, I don't believe he will be ready. Um, but I, think, I don't think, health-wise, I don't think he'll be ready, but I think they might force him to the lineup, is my point. I think they're going to put him in there regardless of how he feels. Um, Here's what's going to happen. Injury. Ready? Travis Shaw starts the season. Pablo Sandoval hits, like, 35 home runs and has, like, 120 RBI. It's going to be nuts. He's gonna That's what's gonna, you think he's going he's gonna to go off, like, just, like, crazy? I hope he does. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Shut everybody up a little bit. It'd be great. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, that's what we all expected. I mean, not those crazy numbers, but like <laughs> I don't think we expected, expected 35 home runs. No, but we all expected him to succeed. Yes. Like we all expected him to do well, especially with the money they were paying. And we all knew he was going to be overpaid, but like we expected him to at least do decent. But he's just done nothing to help this team. Yeah, so hopefully, if Shaw starts, it's a big slap in his face, and then he figures out and realizes he needs to play better, and then he goes nuts. See, I think that's what will help him. Is a little slap in the face. If you give him third base on Monday after all this, I think that's just the wrong decision. It's not going to do anything for him or your team. Yeah, and it's, like, not, it's letting him like ease into it and just like do what he's doing and just like be like, oh yeah, just go out there and play. That's not what he needs. It's telling him he can do whatever he wants and still get his chance to play, and that's just not right. And that's not how you should be managing this ball club. And that's why I'm telling you, if Pablo Sandoval's in there on Monday on that card, I'll be a little more upset at John Farrell, and and we'll, more for re, definitely uh, for good reason. That's for sure. Um, Another thing we kind of talked on that they touched on today was that we noticed that David Murphy um, he exercises opt out clause, so um, the Red Sox can put him on the twenty five man roster or get rid of him, but he is not going to be um, on the minor leagues. He's not going to go to Pawtucket, which I don't blame him. At this age, he wants to play, or he's not going to play. Um, so, do you think the Red Sox will put him on the twenty five man roster come Monday, or is this kind of just the last week of David Murphy in a Red Sox uniform again? Uh, I, I think this, this is the last we're going to see of him. I mean, he hasn't done horrible. He's batted 283. Um, no, that was 283 last year, but through spring, he hasn't had a horrible spring, but he hasn't really stood out. And like you said, Jared, his age, he doesn't want to play in AAA and he, he was a good player at one point, but he's just not who he was. And I think this is a, this is the last we're going to see of him, and he's hitting 273 this spring. Yeah, he's been all right, but it's just there's not really a place for him. It seems like the writing's kind of on the wall. It's like we already have a lot of people. I mean, yeah, we have if we didn't have Chris Young or Brennan Bosch, I know he's hurt, but if we didn't have those guys, then I'd be like, well, yeah, sign him up, get a little extra guy. But there's just so many guys, 34 years old. It's a good story coming back to the Red Sox, but it just doesn't really seem like there's a place. And if he's not willing to play at the minors, which I don't blame him at all, because why would you want to go to the minors at 34, either play or retire? So all that said, I think it's probably going to be the end for him. Do you think this is the end of the road for him? Like, do you think this is his last shot to make a roster? Hmm. That's a good question. Without obviously, we're not going to sit here and dive into everyone's roster and be like, "Well, he could fit there. He could fit there." <laughs> like, I, I'm not doing that. But like, do you think that there there's a shot that he could be on a ball club this roster this year? Probably. Oh, say probably not. Yeah. I was going to say I think he is going to because you can find some random team that needs an outfielder. Yeah, I, th- I think he could fit. A, like, I, I'm agreeing with Jess on this one. I, th- I think that. Um, What's wrong with you? 
<laughs> I know. Got to say that. Um, no, I think that some team will need a fourth outfielder. Um, maybe he goes back to Texas. Who knows? Just some team need, will need someone, and I think he's a veteran presence. He's a good locker room presence. So I think that for anyone, I think it's going to be a fourth outfielder for like some team who's going to potentially be a contender. I don't think it'll be. He. I don't think he's going to go to any bad team. He's not going to go waste away just to play baseball. Like I think he wants to win or have a chance of winning. So I think he's going to final place maybe as a fourth outfielder on some team that has a chance to maybe make it the playoffs or make a run at something. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you can always find some random team who needs either a starting outfielder or a, or a uh, a backup, and I think he's capable of that. I don't think he's totally done, but we'll find out. Yeah, no, I think we I think we will definitely find out. I, I'm I just don't think it's going to be here. I think the Red Sox are definitely um, are definitely going to let him go. I don't think they're going to sign him on the roster, um, so he should be no longer be here. Uh, short lived second stint with the Boston Red Sox, I believe, for David Murphy. Hey, it was fun while um, it lasted. It was, and it was kind of exciting when we heard it was coming back, and I don't. I think all of us were a little confused by it, for sure, um, because we saw what the Red Sox had, and we said, that's not your need right now, why are you bring him in? I think it was just a way to get him some at-bats. I think, honestly, I think the organization was doing him a solid by giving him a chance to have a place to play this spring so that he could at least have something on the card for this year for teams down the road. I I, I kind of firmly believe that was the case. I think that was probably the agreement all along. Let me get some at-bats. Let me get some workouts in with a team to show that I'm still able to play in this league. Yeah, definitely. I think I think, I think think he'll stick around, I think. But, yeah. No, no more Red Sox for him, I don't think. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think so. Um, a lot of Red Sox news, obviously, this week has come up and out, but there's about a couple of Red Sox list news, MLB news around the league that we can kind of cover quickly as well. Uh, Michael Brantley, um, who this is only really news for us because the Red Sox will face them on opening day. The Cleveland Indians will not be ready for opening day. Um, so that's kind of a shot for the Indians, but I mean, obviously good news for the Red Sox. Yeah, I think it is you know, good news. He had surgery on November on his shoulder. and um, On November? That's a new one. In, in November on his shoulder. <laughs> um, so... I, there's and there's no timetable for his return either, which you know it's not, which really sucks for the Indians. He's only 28, so oh, hopefully he can make a good comeback. But I mean, yeah, it's good for the Red Sox. Yeah, he's a good ball player. He's definitely one of their better players, and I'm sure he'll come back at some point. But it'll definitely help us. And as we know, we need a good start to the season, so that can't hurt. And yeah, and they're just taking it slow. Francona doesn't want to rush him. Kind of like a Christian Vasquez situation, so good for the Sox. Um, I'm sure he'll be back at some point because they're going to need him because he's definitely yeah. one of their best. Definitely one of their best. No need to rush him. I think. I mean, I don't know. How Cleveland's good. Cleveland's going to be this year. I think they're going to be decent. So I uh, definitely want to make sure he's healthy. Come the dog days of summer, that is for sure. Um, uh, another news around the league: Barry Bonds um, is promoting selflessness to his team. Um, now, for me, I laugh at that. But what do you guys see when you see that? I mean, I don't know. I just, it's, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I like Bonds, but you like Bonds? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I like I like Bonds. I like oh. I, like, I don't. Ha- I mean, besides yeah, Jess, come on, Jess. What are you doing, Jess? Besides the whole steroid thing, I didn't know you guys. Liked I don't even care about the. Ste- I don't even care about the steroid thing. I like Bonds, but. My, he's just like a grumpy dude. And he like, doesn't care. <laughs> he's not a uh, goose gossage grumpy, but sure, no, yeah, not, not not that grumpy. Do I think, put that guy in the rocker now? Do I think he's the right person to be promoting selflessness? No, because he was very selfish when he <laughs> took steroids. Exactly. But I think it's a weird message. I'd be like, it's kind of like I don't even have like a good analogy for it. It's just why is somebody who cheated the game and promoting like no. Selflessness to to the to the Marlins, like no, no sir, sit down. I think he's full of crap. I mean, this, <laughs> he just like comes to the Marlins and he just like spews all this garbage that he doesn't even like believe. Unless he's just like trying to teach them to learn from his mistakes because he was extremely selfish. All he wanted to do was hit as many home runs as he possibly could, steroids or not, and that was his entire game. And now he's coming here and sitting here and being like, oh, we don't want to have the individual achievements. We're promoting selflessness. It's like, what? Who, who the heck are you? <laughs> who is this guy speaking? I think he's totally full of crap. I don't, don't want to promote. 
don't want to promote individual achievements, but you are the home run king. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if anyone to say that, how, why is it him? I couldn't believe it when I read that. I was like, what a joke. Unbelievable. I think I uh, no credibility. Absolutely not. I do still love I do like him as I like him as a player. I do like him as um I don't know say as a human being. But like I, I know I, I do like Barry Bonds, but I do still still think it is ridiculous that he's promoting selflessness of all people. Um it's the, it is a joke. I agree. Um, one last uh, baseball note before we get out of here for the week, and I think this one's hilarious. That's why I saved it for last. Um, Phillies manager Pete uh, Mackinnon is fining his entire team fifty cents for every mistake a player makes. Um, now, is this now, Jess? I know you saw this. So I want to make sure I'm right on this. Was this just for the spring, or is this the entire season? From what I could see, based on the article, it looked like he was planning to do it for the season. Oh, I hope to God that's true. <laughs> I hope that yeah, is Give true. your thoughts on it. I'll just, I'm just going to confirm and make sure that, that was the case. I'm assuming, if it's just coming up now, I'm assuming it would be the entire season. Um, if that's the case, I can't wait to see that that uh, that piggy bank in the locker room at the end of the season. Yeah, it's, nice. it's kind of like a swear jar. <laughs> yeah, it's a swear jar for errors, and the Phillies are going to be full of them this year. So that is going to be one big uh, cookie jar at the end of the uh at the end of the season. I wonder who's going to get to keep it. <laughs> Probably him. <laughs> no, nah, the owner will come downstairs. That's my money. I mean, I, uh, I, I can sit here and be like, oh, that's adorable, like 50 cents. But, I mean, I don't know. Think about how, think about how many mistakes they're going to make, Lauren. Yeah, okay, I, sorry. No, it was for spring training. Oh, say how many hours? It's coming out, yeah, it's coming out now, but they've already been doing it the entire spring. That's really weird. So sorry to mislead there. It says that uh, so upsetting. There's close to a thousand dollars in the jar already. Oh my! Think about that. God. Think, <laughs> think about that. Think Wait, about that. Think, right? Yeah. Wow. Think about how many, how much money would have been there if it was the entire season. That'd be hilarious. And like, don't get me wrong. I know the young kids are playing right now, so like, it might be skewed a little bit. But like, you could probably still. That's probably a good amount of numbers. You could probably still go between base running blunders, uh, errors, missed pitches, like all that stuff. With that kind of team in the major league, because the Phillies are going to be terrible, that would be hilarious. That oh, I really wish that was true. I wish they were going to do that the whole year. Yeah, I wish it was the season. That'd be hilarious. I don't even know if you could get away with doing that because that's just so ridiculous. And is like, that like hazing at some point? Or... Yeah. Right. <laughs> Here's a couple quotes from him. He said, "If you don't get a bunt down, everyone pays fifty cents. If you don't hustle, everyone pays fifty cents. If you miss a cutoff, man, everyone pays fifty cents." He said, "It's a way to be picky about little things, like you made it into second base, but you should have slid. You hit a double, but you coasted into second when you should have come up around hard in case the guy bobbles the ball." 50 cents. It allows me to be a real jerk about things like, oh, jerks in quotes, so you probably swore. But it allows me to be a real jerk about things like that. What, are you going to complain about 50 cents? So it's, I guess what he's saying is that, like, it allows them to teach them better and gives them, like, motivation to not be that guy who makes every single player on the team pay 50 cents, which is ridiculous. So it's, I guess it's a way of trying to be, like, creative and, like, do something different and make the team, like, respond to it. That's a little weird, though. But I, when you think about it, I really do think it actually makes sense in the terms of spring training because it puts you in the spot of, okay, well, I, it, it's a teaching moment. It's you. You want to save the money. You don't want obviously fifty cents. I know, but like, it's it's making a point. Okay, cost fifty cents. You you, you round second, but you didn't kind of run hard in the third. You stopped. You stopped halfway there. That kind of stuff. Right. Little things that you want to teach young players. That's actually a kind of a cool idea if it's just for spring training. If it was the whole season, that's when I start laughing. Yeah. But <laughs> For spring training, it's kind of it's kind of a nice way, way to teach, especially when some of those kids might actually be penny pinching still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind it. It's a little odd, but it's I guess the Joe Madden approach: do something a little different and see what happens. And I guess they made a lot of mistakes. Thousand dollars. I mean, fifty cents for every player that adds up pretty fast. But it's well, because yeah, think about how many people they have, how many players they have at spring training. Yeah, even more than you have normally. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's a little different twist on things, but I guess he's trying to shake it up. And when you got a young team, I guess you're probably you'll probably get away with that a little bit, a little easier than if if you didn't. Yeah, I, I love it, and I, I'm okay with that. And I think that this team's young and they're bad, so it's kind of a nice little teaching moment. That, that's kind of where we want to leave it for that. Um, this episode of Red Sox Beat was, of course, brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. You can get fifty dollars off any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com. Ka- 
backslash Celtics and entering the promo code Celtics, getting that $50 off. Uh, it's a wonderful mattress purchase. Um, talked a lot today, Red Sox. Uh, we talked some other Red Sox stuff. Apparently, I'm the minority of hating Red Sox uh, ceremonies. Um, I'm probably in the minority of Red Sox Nation, so I apologize, but I'm not apologizing because that is, they're terrible. Um, but good show, though. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat, uh, Red Sox Beat Podcast on Facebook, as well as Tumblr. Um, if you could please go, we ask you every week to rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes, and share it, and all that stuff. We'll keep putting the link out, but uh, we'd love the help we can get. Um, Next week, we'll be back for our last edition of spring training Red Sox beat, and then we'll be into a regular season edition. We can actually probably consider our next episode regular season because we're going to do it solely on Sunday. So we might, we'll see how we brand it. But very exciting. Red Sox, eight days away, Lauren, almost seven now. Um, very exciting stuff. And until that, we will be back next week to talk more Red Sox baseball. Get excited, folks. Spring is here. Uh, this is Red Sox beat here on CLNS Radio.